Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Surviving Sister Wives contains adult content that may not be suitable for Latter-day Saints or sinners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Surviving Sister Wives, the podcast where a monogamous couple drink heavily while recapping Sister Wives on TLC. I'm Corey. And I'm Carly. And this is Season 18, Episode 9, Battle Lines Are Drawn. Because it's the Civil War and we have to know where our battle lines go. It's also the middle of the season, which we found out at the end of the episode. We finally got our mid-season trailer that we have been waiting for since we were quickly running out of scenes that had not been in the original trailer that they dropped for season 18. We got Robin crying at the picnic table very soon. I still think that's going to be the season finale because Mary seems very done in that conversation. Yeah. I think that that's like fall. It has to be after they film the tell-all and she heard Cody say that she could just go marry someone else because now she seems ready to go do it. So thanks, Suki. Thanks for that one. Good question. The TLC description for this episode is Janelle, Christine, and their older kids gather for dinner and things get intense as they express their frustrations about Cody and Robin. You're only getting part of the episode descriptions. I don't know if it got intense, necessarily. Well, I have another sentence from TLC. Then Christine celebrates her ex-anniversary with friends. I know that that was riveting, and it's unfortunate that wasn't in your description, but just wanted to make sure we got everything in there. All right, well, let's hear the Carly episode rewrite description for this one. Cody becomes Truly's nanny. The kids finally spill the tea on the infamous Christmas gift text chain. Christine celebrates her ex-anniversary by drinking in an attic with strangers. It seems somehow fitting. That was the right scene in the setting. For that sort of celebration? I guess it's a celebration. 
Not Salsa Brava. So is that not the restaurant we go to to celebrate important things? No. Salsa Brava has too much tension and drama this season. So we can't have a celebratory drink there. Just for heavy conversations. Heavy conversations need a heavy meal. It's a lot of beans. It's a lot of cheese. It's going to bind you up. (laughs) Janelle's like, I haven't shit in a week. So I can't go back to Salsa Brava. I can't have more rice. That's got to be a mid-season record, though, for a restaurant appearance in eight episodes leading up to this. What a run Salsa Brava had. But this isn't the first time that we've been to this establishment either. We'll get into that a little bit. It is not. We have seen it before. It seemed to have a little bit of a makeover. So you were like, is this familiar? It feels familiar. A post-COVID facelift. Before we get into the episode, we have announcements as usual. The first, let's chat more about Christine and David's wedding, since we just touched on it last episode. The details are flying about. Well, and you can get all the deets in People Magazine's next episode, because they are going to have a... Is it an episode for a magazine, or is it a... Did I call it an episode? You sure did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having an episode, but that's completely unrelated. It's really unfortunate. Do people buy magazines anymore? Maybe we could have just made a video. But the next... What do you call a magazine? <laughs> Edition. Edition. The next, there it was. Issue. It's way back in my brain. The next issue of People Magazine, which will be released on October 23rd, there will be a full spread. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe not. If, and if you have enough issues, you might have an episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you get the deets there, but they're not going to have the interesting info. You got to get that. On the interwebs. And we got some info from Gwen. Not us personally. She Well, no. She, she doesn't talk she to doesn't us. Talk That's to okay. Us. But we, we try not to take it personally. Right. You know. I only have so much of a social battery myself. So that's fine. I get it. She did not attend Christine and David's wedding, which was something that everyone kind of thought, given the fact that the first picture that we saw that was of Christine and David and the kids There was no Gwen. She was the only kid who was missing, aside from Robin's kids, obviously. That goes without question. McKelty got messy and confirmed it on her Patreon, but I guess not exactly why. So we eventually got the info, which was that Gwen did not attend the wedding because she is a little busy. Some prior engagements. She's taking organic chemistry and just moved into a new home. So essentially, she received the invite from Christine and said, oh, gee, bitch, I don't know. I got a lot to do. (laughs) Not going to be able to make it. I don't have enough time. Not enough time. I don't know. I never took organic chemistry, so I'm pretty sure I would have failed it if I did. Oh, yeah, undoubtedly. I would not be taking organic chemistry for any reason. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like you could probably make some time on a Saturday to go to a wedding. It was a Saturday. It was a Sunday. It was a weekend. It it was Saturday. Usually you don't have class or labs on weekends. Cody is a busy guy and he managed to show up a few hours late to Gwen's reception. He made the time. Well, Gwen's just out there going, (laughs) schooling, 
As always, you can join us over in the virtual cul-de-sac, patreon.com slash survivingpod, where you can join our official Discord, where we're chatting about things like this, all things Sister Wives, even some Plathville. You get full access to all of our recaps in the archives, seasons 1 through 10, as well as our Let's Talk About It episodes. Got a bunch of fun stuff over there. And remember, every dollar you pledge makes us just a little bit more successful than my sister wife's closet. Huge thanks to all of our patrons, except the basement wife, Tear. Shall we get this pony in the water? Let's do it. I don't know what the soundtrack situation is. I don't know if they're going through a completely different library now this season. Someone else is editing these episodes, right? It just feels like it. We're getting hit with the trap beats, and I wasn't expecting that. I think it's been like that since they moved to Flagstaff, though. They've kind of gone with a different vibe for Flagstaff. The donkey? Different set of music licensing. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe TLC cut the budget there. But we're at Garrison's house. It's his newly purchased home where Christine is going to be taking over the kitchen. I didn't understand that she's so excited to cook dinner for everyone again. Like, didn't you kind of hate being the basement wife who had to do all of those tasks every single day unappreciated? Well, here's the thing. She doesn't like to be forced to do those things, but she likes to do it out of the kindness of her own heart. Okay. She does enjoy it. And I mean, they seem to enjoy the salad bar. It was appreciated. It was kind of cooking. Is a salad bar cooking? I don't think so. It's a lot of opening bags, pouring things into bowls, chopping a few things up. I was worried that Christine's famous fish tacos were going to make an appearance, which I don't want to see that ever again. There was like a lot of stuff and it was kind of overwhelming to me because I put like four things in a salad tops and that's because I'm bad at making salads, but this just felt like a lot of stuff that was going to end up having to be put in containers and put back into the refrigerator at the end of the night. The whole point of this though, she's trying to create a space for everyone to speak freely about their feelings. Well, not everyone. Truly's not invited because we can't have any tenders here. This is for the adult children only. Well, because this is clearly intended to be a Cody and Robin hate fest, right? It's the roast. It's the Comedy Central presents the Cody and Robin roast. It's the plan for this evening. So all we've got, we got Christine, we got Chanel, we got Gabe, Garrison, Gwen, and little baby Savannah, who everyone forgets is still also a minor child. She accidentally got invited to this. Christine's getting right into it. She's wasting no time getting the tea because Savannah's helping her to prep the salad bar. And she's asking her questions. What are things like at school? How are things with Robin's kids? Do you see them? You see Brianna? And Savannah does see Brianna at school. Yes, that is an accurate and true statement. She visually locates her, but that's the extent of it. They just give each other side eye as they walk by in the hallways they don't hang out they don't speak to each other we kind of just ignore one another in fact and christine's a little surprised by that she's a little taken aback me too where are the kids who go to this school how are you not on a reddit sub at this point to tell us that you're seeing them completely ignore each other at school because that's fascinating I think you have to legally be over the age of 35 to be on Reddit still at this point. (laughs) That's not where the kids are. That's not where the kids are. But what's Brianna's take on all this? Yeah, they don't see each other. They don't talk at school. Hold on. 
mumble that because she full on is mumble speaking. She's been listening to a lot of TikTok rap, little SoundCloud <laughs> rappers. She's shocked. She's confused. She's heartbroken. She's Robin, right? She is Robin. Those are words right out of Robin's mouth. And then she starts to cry. I question that. Is it a cry? Because she puts her head in her hands and we don't see tears. You don't see the tears. Which is a common thing in this family. Is it hereditary? Is it learned? Nature versus nurture? What's going on here? There's just an element of safety in it, I think. It's just what she knows. This is how you interact on camera. This is how you talk about things. You break down and cry whenever it's convenient for you. And it's right about the time when she blames that Savannah doesn't care. Seems like Savannah doesn't care to talk to her, even though she doesn't seem to be going out of her way to talk to Savannah. So that immediately makes Brianna the victim, though. Well, right. Robin's kids are being ostracized by the rest of the family. It has nothing to do with their actions, which is funny because we find out that this wasn't even a byproduct of COVID, according to Savannah. It's just always been like this between at least her and Robin's kids. They've never had a close relationship. So it's just kind of par for the course, basically. It's not really any different than it ever was in the past. Who else hasn't Savannah seen in a while? Well, that's right. Cody has not seen or heard from him in quite some time, but she did get to hang out with Cody and Truly. So Christine was asking how that went. Went great. She appreciated that time together spent with sibling and sometimes father. (laughs) It's great when you can be sometimes dad to two kids rather than having to split the time up and do it separately because that's just really inconvenient. So at least when you decide to do it, you could just knock it all out. Yeah, get it done. Get it out of the way. Cross it off the list. Check that one off. It was sad that Savannah didn't even notice that Cody's not around because that's not out of the ordinary. That is normal for her to not have Cody around. So there hasn't really been an absence of Cody because you have to be first present before you can be absent. (laughs) It makes me so sad every time she says that. I don't know whether I believe her that... It kind of doesn't phase her. And if it doesn't, then that's really, really, really depressing. And it makes a lot of sense why Christine removed Truly from the situation. Also, this felt like a red flag to me to get this girl into therapy because she's really minimizing the emotional damage that her absent father has caused her. Well, she was Janelle in these scenes. This is where we're seeing a lot of children being their parents in these clips because we had Brianna who was spitting image of Robin faking a breakdown on the couch. And then now we have Savannah who is just living the generational trauma. Avoiding making waves. (laughs) That Janelle experienced as well without having a father. Wow. We're like five minutes in and that's that's really depressing. Yeah. Well, (laughs) if you think that's depressing, let's go check in at the Mayor B&B. For some reason, they thought that we would care to watch Mary move her clothing business out of her house and into the carriage house. For the 18th time. I cannot hear the sound clip one more time where she explains how much she's driving and how it's just more convenient to have both her businesses together. We get it. We're clear. We're not Cody. We get what you're explaining. 
Yeah, I think that most of those explanations are just for Cody and Robin specifically, but they keep showing us, the viewing audience, as well, unfortunately. Of course, Jen is here at the B&B, but she's also joined by her husband, Sean. So now we have talks of a thruple. There has been so much speculation that Mary and Jen are into each other, and now we got Sean in the mix. And of course, we've got sister wives jokes being thrown all over the place because Mary does not know how to interact with a married couple and not make a polygamist or plural marriage joke. Well, and Mary's just not used to being around a man. (laughs) I think that's the other thing. Cody used to come around. He used to help out with things. He used to help her move. But it's been years since any of that's been going on. She's had to fend for herself. So she's learning how to get things done in the world. Like running around the backyard of the B&B with a cheesecake factory outdoor heat lamp? <laughs> what was? Why do they have that? For the one wedding they ever held? For the events. <laughs> the events side of the business. <laughs> They're running with it and yelling charge as they approach the moving van. I just really hope they took out the flammable compressed gas tank at the bottom of it before they started playing with it in this way. (laughs) Maybe that's the plan. She's going to burn down the B&B for the insurance money, and then they could pay off Coyote Pass. That's her final gift to Cody and Robin before departing the family forever. This is supposed to be fun or something, what they're doing, moving, laughing. They're laughing to hide the pain, like the entirety of Mary's life. She used to have this type of relationship with family members, like some of them. Some. Not More than others. Yeah, not Janelle. Never Janelle. They've never laughed together. Okay, you never laughed together. Mary laughed at Janelle a lot. There's a (laughs) lot of memories of that around. They've been in a space together laughing. But laughing together at something, no, no. We have to have that required awkward interaction where Mary asks someone about being a sister wife. So Jen starts teasing her husband, asking if she's his favorite wife. And that brings us to a little segment about how you can't ask a polygamous man that type of question because, you know, they're not going to admit if they actually do have a favorite wife. At least Cody won't. I I was going to say, I think this means that you can't ask Cody this. Because he's just going to lie to you. But Cody needs loyalty. That's what's missing. And that's about as close as he's going to get to admitting that Robin's his favorite. Robin is his most loyal wife. He's not going to explicitly say that's why she's his favorite. But he will admit that she is the most loyal and he needs loyalty. Is that an extra knife in the kidney to Mary? Because she was the loyal wife. Remember when he wanted to make her the dog necklace? The Fidelis with the bone on it? Robin stole that from Mary, just like she stole things from everyone else in this family. She stole being the last wife from Christine, which she stole from Janelle, her entire retirement fund. I think there was a lot of literal stealing that was going on (laughs) with monetary values that you can put on those damages. The best part of this was when Janelle points out that most men fail, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, Janelle's been listening to a lot of Lizzo lately. Why men great till they got to be great. Am I right? (laughs) 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Back at Garrison's house, though. Because that's really all I wish this whole episode was. We didn't need anything else. In fact, I need a whole show that's just the children sitting at a dining room table talking shit about everything that has ever happened on the show. They could drink tea while spilling tea. Give us the show. We want it. We need it. That and confronting Mary. I think confronting Mary, definitely, that has legs. Like, there's plenty of content that you can build around for that. This would fall under the category of maybe like a cooking with just Christine, but it's like an afternoon tea where you just talk shit about Cody and Robin. It's a high tea. High tea. They could be high also. Well, you know, Gabe and Garrison probably were. I I know. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit. It's official, though. That's the big news. Gabe and Garrison... And Gwen, they're all going to live together. They're moving into Garrison's house. And so that's why we're here celebrating with the salad bar. No better disappointing celebration than a salad bar. The big question, though, we know Truly's not here. So where is she? She only has one guardian. Legally. But no, it's actually Cody has Truly for a visit here. Because Christine called and asked him directly if he could babysit (laughs) Truly. Cody didn't call and ask if he could see his child. Christine had to call and be like, hey, could you take her off my hands for a few hours? I'm going to be busy. I will pay you $20 an hour. So again, it can't be parenting a child if you're not a parent. I feel like I'm going to get attacked for $20 an hour. I don't know what babysitters charge. That's not enough in my opinion. (laughs) That's not enough to make me watch a kid. No, that's not. Truly was excited about this. That makes me sad because he didn't go out of his way to see her. It's a favor that he's doing for Christine because she asked him to do it. But this is kind of why Christine has her reasons for moving Truly and herself to Utah. Christine tries to explain it away as preserving that relationship that Truly and Cody have right now where it's kind of okay at this point. So she can just pick it up and take it to Utah and then put it in a box and it just stays like that. And then come back to Flagstaff and they can pick up right where they left off. Because just the more time you spend with Cody, the less likely you are to continue having a relationship with him. (laughs) He should be thankful, right? But instead, he thinks that's the most ridiculous statement that he's ever heard. She took Truly away from him. But Cody doesn't understand. Christine's trying to do you a favor here. She's putting you in a time capsule. Just let it happen. Remember good old dad? Remember? Before he stopped seeing you? (laughs) You're going to have to think way back for that. But yeah, it's in there somewhere. The fact that he is saying that as though he wants Truly to be in Flagstaff would be better if Truly was closer to him. When he doesn't even bother to see his other kids, 
that live in the same fucking town. Well, that's because they're assholes. (laughs) Right. I forgot. (laughs) Truly, I guess, isn't in that category yet. Not yet. But again, the more time you spend with Cody, the less likely you are to want to continue having a relationship with him. So case in point, Gabe and Garrison haven't seen Cody in quite some time. Seen or heard from him. That's a big nope. We had to flash back to Peel and Logs footage on Coyote Pass. That's how far back we had to go to catch you up at the beginning of this episode. The last time they talked, Cody made it abundantly clear to them that he only cares about the tenders. Did you see Savannah raise her eyebrow when Gabe said that? Yeah, because who are we defining as tenders? Well, Savannah is not fully cooked. She's the same age as some of the tenders in Robin's house. Younger than two of them. (laughs) It's like, ooh, a little sass from Savannah here. This is all Christine's fault, though. The current state of Cody's relationship with his older kids, it was fantastic before Christine decided to divorce Cody. And if you think that sounds ridiculous, it's because that's Robin's take (laughs) on this entire scenario. She gets to chime in about how awesome and amazing Cody's relationships with all of his older children were before Christine left and broke him of the man that he used to be. Just like how she broke him from his belief in his religion and plural marriage, she also did that. That bitch. Then she ruined his relationship with his children. When will it end? Is she Caddy Heron? Yeah, I'm going to call you Caddy. This is a Regina George situation, and she's slowly been destroying Cody's life one thing at a time. Army of skanks, hot bod, Aaron Samuels. But no, Garrison's had a bunch going on in his life. He got into school, he bought a house, he got a car, and none of this is shared with Cody. I think that's really sad. Those are big milestones, especially stuff that he was working so hard for during COVID when Cody was insistent that Janelle kick Gabe and Garrison out of the house when they had nowhere to go during COVID. These are big moves. Those were the sacrifices that were made at that time so you could be in a good spot now. But Cody can't admit that he was wrong in that case, so that's never going to happen. But he has been trying to call Gabe and Garrison. That's what he tells us. He called them before Christmas. He called them after Christmas. But not his fault. They just won't pick up the phone. So sometimes the phone doesn't go both ways. (laughs) (laughs) We need him to produce a call log because I do not believe that he's been making these phone calls. Miss Gwenny shows up. She did miss the free soup and salad, but she got here for dessert. She's going to cash in on some key lime pie, which, man, key lime pie does sound good. Except for whatever version of it Janelle brought over first. I don't know what Janelle's planning is like. For these types of events. She showed up with Savannah and Christine asked her if she had the pie and Janelle said she still had to go get it. So why did you come to the party and not have the thing you were supposed to bring? I mean, I guess it's not a formal party. I get it. She had a diet version of it. She had something else and that everyone was like, we don't want to eat that. Can you go get the real pie? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to need you to go back to the store. Oh my gosh, yeah. She loves to bring dessert. Yeah, but then she always cheaps out on it. So it's like, no, you got to know who to trust in these situations. 
you can't trust Janelle with desserts. It's like when she skimps out on the cupcakes on all the baby things and the wedding things. Well, they're supposed to be a cake. And she says, why don't we just do cupcakes? No, why don't we do a cake? No, a cake is needed. You need a cake. Cake for cake. Okay. We are finally going to get some additional details on this whole Civil War text exchange that happened leading up to Christmas. Allegedly. Right, because the story has changed yet again. I can't keep up. Who started this text chain? Nobody seems to know. This whole family, unreliable narrators, because McKelty, I guess, on her Patreon claimed that she had started the text chain. Christine told us back a few episodes ago that Logan started it. Now she's telling us that Aspen started it. <laughs> so, so how can Christine? I don't know how she got so lost where she's explaining this three different ways just from her point of view. How did no one save these? How does the producer not say that Screenshot doesn't make sense? the shit out of that. You got to call these people out in this moment where it's like, that's not what you said 10 minutes ago. Look, if I was producing this show, I would be calling AT&T. I'd be getting a court injunction. Oh, they have T-Mobile. Let's be real. <laughs> I, I am getting my hands on these texts like they're being used in a criminal prosecution. We have the warrant. So the new story is that Aspen started the group text reminding everyone, hey, it's time to do our traditional annual sibling gift exchange that we all love and know so much and so much want to participate in again. That was the text. Word for word, (laughs) pretty much. And so Robin jumps in on it because apparently she's one of the siblings as well. And she wants this to be a Zoom call. What a great idea for the gift exchange amongst siblings. Really needs to be on Zoom, though, so we can film it for the show. She didn't say that part, but you know she was thinking it. (laughs) That has to be why she wanted to do it so bad, right? But the real reason that she gives is because Ari's forgetting who all of you people are. That's the guilt reason that she goes with instead. There are 17 other seasons of this show that you could pop on the TV and say, hey, remember these kids? Who's that? You have photographs. You have lots of things on your walls in your house. How about hanging up some pictures of the other kids? A family tree. You guys love a good family tree. They do. They've really quit with that, haven't they? Yeah, they've kind of... They love the tree theme. Gotten away from their roots. (laughs) (laughs) So no one's into the Zoom idea because that sounds horrific with 20 people on it, right? Trying to take turns of who's opening up their present and make sure everybody's quiet so we can listen to this person's reaction and no crosstalk and everybody shut up. Yeah, this is the point in the pandemic where we all learned that Zoom calls don't work with that many people. It's not for main, yeah, not for groups participation here. But of course, it can't be that. It can't be that it's really hard to schedule it. It can't be that the kids feel like it's just not very personal versus calling someone individually. It's because everyone hates Robin. That's a run. That's a spinoff show, too. Robin immediately makes this all about her, and she starts mentioning all sorts of trauma that these children have caused her, apparently. From what? From being favored too heavily, and that's a detriment to her somehow? I don't know. The reasoning behind this, I would love to hear some of those examples of the trauma that's been inflicted on Robin and her children. 
She tries to say it's from all those years of blending, blending the family, 10 years of just torture that she went through, even though after two seasons, they said that the family was blended and stop asking them about it on the show. It was no longer a storyline. They literally were like, we're done. We don't want to talk about it anymore. We're blended. It's blended. It's done. But now we have to look back and say, no, it's always been a problem. And it's always been that. It's always been the blending. That's the blending. Right. Nobody wanted to accept Robin. Nobody wanted to accept her kids. She didn't have support from her sister wives in making it happen. Never raised that as an issue while it was happening. But now we're going to bring it up. Also... COVID became the other excuse. So we didn't have the blending issue, then it became COVID, and now we're going to retrofit the rejection that we felt in COVID back to rooting it in the blending storyline. Even though during COVID, we rejected everyone first by saying we didn't want to interact with them because we didn't trust that they were following the rules. But now, because they started hanging out with each other... It's a rejection of us. So this is where we learn that Aurora and Brianna get added to the text chain further down the line, which, gee, I wonder who geared them up for this conversation that was happening because basically they heard before they even got into the text that there was some animosity from the other siblings involved in this gift exchange. It couldn't have been when Robin said, we're all traumatized from how you treat us. And then everyone said, what the fuck are you talking about? Because you and your kids get treated better than everyone else in this family. And then Robin started crying and was like, this chase, the things are saying about us. Well, I just think it's interesting given the course of events that were laid out here. Clearly, this is Robin priming Aurora and Brianna to be upset for whatever they're about to walk into. Well, the other part of it was that they also heard that the rest of the family was planning to have Christmas without us, and they weren't even going to tell us. That is rewriting history, because what we saw on TV was a choice being made about whether or not they were going to have Mary offer for everyone to get together on Christmas Eve, and they said... No. Robin and Cody said no. So actually, your parents made that choice for you. It's not that everyone said, we don't want to do anything with you. I think this was Robin was met with opposition because she even, well, she calls it kickback, but she means pushback (laughs) because I don't think anybody's paying her under the table for this. But she got some attitude from the older kids. I think she got some truth from the older kids, and that was perceived as disrespect. Why even involve yourself in this when you know that there are feelings, that people are upset with you, that you're on the edge of having some type of emotional reaction? Don't get involved in what's going on. Well, she kind of did that when she told McKelty and Logan to go ahead and tell everybody else in the sibling text chain that she will no longer be speaking to them. And... That they are not going to be participating in the sibling gift exchange this year. She seemed to talk Aurora and Brianna out of that pretty quickly somehow. Yet, she says it feels like they got voted off the Brown family island. By removing themselves? Yes, that's the pattern. Is that they remove themselves from the situations where there is an interaction with other people and other family members. And then they complain about it later. 
being excluded when they themselves have done the removal. Also, I did not like that she left it up to Logan and McKelty to communicate that information back to everyone else. You'd be like, you're a fucking 50-year-old woman. You tell people that you don't want to talk to them anymore. It's not my responsibility. Well, that's the shunning aspect, right? It's the, I'm going to silence treatment you until you agree with me again, or until you're willing to just ignore that this ever happened, and then we can pretend like everything's fine, and I can still get what I want whenever I want. There's a difference between that and going no contact, where no contact is usually there's a boundary that's established, there's something that's not respected in that, and then I can't continue to interact with you if I'm going to be disrespected in this, 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 and this. I think the problem here is that Robin and Cody are putting it on the kids to just blindly obey everything that they say, and that's their boundary, which is unrealistic. Right. If you disagree or counter anything that they have to say, then that's a problem. So Garrison points out, what happened is that Robin tried to ostracize herself. She tried to make herself out to be the victim when they were just trying to adapt to these Christmas rules. Well, they were trying to continue with a Christmas tradition that's been going on for 20 plus years at this point. And you know, if Garrison said that in the text chat, you know that Robin took that personally because she wasn't around 20 years ago, and that is an attack on her personally. Well, that's another problem, right, was that she was excluded in all those years that she wasn't part of the family. They're supposed to pretend that Robin was here from day one. Right, so even just mentioning this past without Robin, that is offensive. So I don't know if Garrison even realizes the slight that he committed in that. Gabe has been pretty quiet up to this point, and then he says, no, look, Robin was gaslighting everyone into giving her special treatment. That's what was happening in this whole conversation. Christine and Janelle are staying very quiet. They're letting the kids speak their truth and saying very little. But Janelle did make a few, like, smiling faces where you could tell she was agreeing with the stuff about Robin, which I would really love to hear more from Janelle, but... Maybe we'll get it later this season. Who knows? At a tell-all, I'm sure they're going to bring up some of this footage to show a couple other folks who weren't involved in this conversation. Then Garrison says she used COVID to make dad exclusive and then turn herself into the victim, saying that it's all our fault. So now most of the adult children have given up. They're not going to play into that game anymore. They see it for what it is. They've called it out, which has only upset Robin and Cody more. And so... It is what it is. If that's what you're going to be doing, then we don't want to participate in it. We don't want you involved if that's the type of energy that you're going to bring into this. This is the start of Cody becoming unhinged in this episode because he is seeming to be reacting to the things that his kids are saying at this dinner. And then he calls them jerks and says he doesn't want to be around them anymore. I don't want to call them. I don't want to talk to them. So this is where I'm like, did they get him fired up on something else and then they cut this reaction in about the kids like was this an ex-wife conversation that we're having i don't know it gets worse later yeah there's a couple of choice moments that they cut to cody which seem kind of inflammatory to say the least it seemed like he was very worked up about something they're putting it in the context of this conversation with his kids 
which if he did in fact say this about his children, I would never speak to him again if that was my parent. That's, yeah, that's a rough spot to be in if that's where we're going to be. Where do they go from here? The kids, they don't care anymore. They don't want to talk to Robin. Nobody has an interest in having a relationship with her. And that's upsetting her because she used to be able to pull the strings on their lives and now she has no impact on them whatsoever, which is some narc shit. Robins don't control me, but we're all grown adults and we don't need a father figure anymore either. So we don't really need Cody anymore. Can we all agree upon that? I think Gwen and Savannah were probably like, eh, well, maybe not. I thought all the other kids looked hurt. Yeah. To be honest. To be fair, if nothing is being provided, are you losing something? Sometimes it can be a positive thing to just cut that out. I guess, but he wasn't always horrible. So there's that looking back on when they did enjoy having a relationship with him. And it's like, why can't you be like that? Why do you have to be like this? But even on the sepia tone flashbacks, Cody's parenting is kind of more like he's like a youth pastor kind of vibe. Not really like a father type interaction that's going on. He's just kind of like a cool uncle who shows up every once in a while. The more you look back on it, the more you see a grandiose narcissist who is getting supply from these young children and having them look up to him and respect him and want his attention because they get it so rarely in such a big family. Christine's really depressed listening to them talk about this stuff. Like They're saying things, declarations about how they don't need a dad anymore, but She's a grown woman and she still needs her dad. So they can say that. But do you really feel that way? She's just, I think she's wishing that they could have had a better dad instead of the one that they got. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. But then Gwen nails it because who needs a dad when you got two moms? You got (laughs) Christine and Janelle here at dinner. That's all you need. Just trying to lighten the mood with a joke like she did in that text chain. If you can't give them a dad, give them a Janelle. Even though they don't give a fuck about Robin, they would still like to have a relationship with their kids, which I hope Dana or Brianna get to see on TV. I feel like there's hope for Dayton and there's hope for Aurora. I don't know about Brianna. I I think Brianna's still in that brainwashing mode where she's still very enmeshed with parents. Give it a few more years, and I think she's going to kind of wake up to a few different things. Well, and everybody needs to get out of the house. That's the biggest part of this. Maybe that'd give them a little self-awareness, like what Garrison's got going on here, because Christine's trying to offer up solutions, I'm going to put in quotes. What if we had a conversation with Robin? Would you be open to that? No. Well, I like how Garrison had the honest answer here, where... He realized, I do not have the emotional maturity for a face-to-face conversation with her. Neither does she. She doesn't have the emotional maturity for it either. I don't think anybody in this family has the emotional maturity required to navigate the situation that we're currently found ourselves in. And they're all like, well, even if we did have a conversation with her, all she's going to do is try to manipulate us. She's going to start crying. You know, you've seen what she's done to you for years. It's going to be just like that. I'm here for it. I want to see this happen. Do it at the tell-all. Do it at the tell-all. I want to see the kids laugh when she starts to cry. 
I want to see how much that'll make her melt down. I want her to walk off the set. I want her to have to talk to the onset psychiatrist. Can we get Maury Povich to do the next tell all? <laughs> I did like, what was this part when uh, Christine was talking about bullying, bullying, bullying? Well, she was saying bullying because she's been out of the family long enough. She's kind of made her way out of that. But then Cody was accusing her and corrects her on being a crap sister wife. There wasn't bullying that was happening. It was just that she was a terrible, terrible sister wife. It's all her fault. So we know Savannah and Brianna see each other from afar at school, but don't really interact. They don't go out of their way to communicate. They don't talk. We do come to find out that Gabe has been running into Aurora at school, and he does see her. He talks to her. In passing. There's hugs. There's exchanges. There's well wishes. But Aurora nails it. Gabe has been nothing but kind. She sees it for what it is. He's a good dude. You know that must enrage Cody to hear her say because she can't say anything positive about Gabe because Gabe is evil in Cody's eyes. He's horrible. He's not nice to Cody. Find it hard to believe that that's how he would interact with you. I don't know because then it doesn't seem like that's what Cody has been pushing at this point. With Robin's kids? With Robin's two Robin's kids about Janelle's kids. I don't think he's been villainizing them. To Robin's kids. But then why does Brianna think that Savannah doesn't care about interacting with her? That one I don't know. (laughs) Again, probably the same way that Robin never reaches out to Mary. And so Mary assumes that Robin doesn't care about her. Well, how about maybe at this point, the narrative has been it's all Christine. Christine's telling them things that are untrue. And she's bitching as she's going through this whole divorce. And that's why everybody thinks all these horrible things about us. So it's not the kids. It's Christine, the evil monster. So it's either us or it's them. And that draws the line in the sand because Cody views divorce as a civil war. And I think he's just been watching too many superhero movies, too many Marvel movies. He's done enough all on his own to make his children hate him. We know that. We've watched it play out on TV. Oh, he's been working overtime at that. (laughs) This was the really bad part where he says every shitty thing that they say about him, he reciprocates right back towards them. And that was where I'm like, I really hope that that was about Christine and Janelle. And I guess at this point, maybe even Mary. Mary, yeah. And not about his own children. It felt like an ex-wife rant instead of a rant against his children, but it felt taken out of context because he didn't actually specifically say who he was talking about. But at this point, are we going to put it past him? Well, that's where I don't understand if that is him talking about the kids because most of their complaints are about your absenteeism. So how can that even be reciprocal? Well, he says that that's not true. It's all the things they think about him. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. What What is it other than, I guess, being They didn't follow the dad? rules, so then they weren't allowed to be around him, and so they abandoned him. Is that the way he's twisting it? I, yeah, probably. That is the way he likes to approach marriages, too, is abandon them first and then pretend that they abandoned you. So Yeah, because Christine left out of nowhere. Zero indicators. No idea that was coming. Just up and left. 
Poor Garrison, he's almost in tears on the couch about how they'd be willing to welcome Robin's kids back with open arms. All they have to do is just say, hey, I want to be part of the family. And now that's enough talking about this. This is too much depressing stuff because Gwen's talking about how she can't understand Cody loving her and she hasn't seen it. Can't comprehend that. All right. That's enough done. We're done talking about this sad shit. No, 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 no. We want to see it happen like for more. More of the episode, please. But yeah, no more talking about this crap at my dinner table. So that's the end of the most interesting part of the episode. And they had to find something to shoehorn in here. So we get some self-shot footage from the Shira Chateau of baby Avalon turning one. Because this is filler. (laughs) Robin's got the DSLR out. Filler time. They're having a photo shoot and Robin and Cody just appear to be excited to have an innocent child with no existing impression of them. Mm, they love that. That they can imprint themselves they on. Just, mm, they just lap it up. <laughs> They're loving this. Oh, did you notice Robin's starting to sound like Smoker Mom a little bit when she was talking about Tony being a good kid? He's a good kid. Not, <laughs> well, he's not a kid anymore, but he's a good kid. This was Cody and Robin trying to repair their image to the audience. McKelty still likes us. We got one kid who really likes us and also her husband likes us. And he doesn't even know us. (laughs) And he likes us. Okay. So everybody else out there who doesn't know us, you should like us too. And their baby, the baby likes us too. Baby is all about us. So that's three people who like us. Isn't that great? And Cody was so impressed with McKelty's relationship, the bond that Robin came into the family during that courtship, that agonizing eight-month-long process that they had. But Robin was right there to scoop McKelty under her wing because she saw McKelty as a pawn to recruit and get on her side from the start. Yes, she identified that McKelty was the black sheep of the family. Outcast. Not treated well by everyone else. And she was the first one that she was able to win over in her court. Claimed her for her own benefit and to improve her standing with the family. So this is supposed to also make Robin out to be a good guy because she saw this in McKelty. She saw all these amazing things that the rest of the family looked past and didn't give her any validation for. And that's why McKelty likes them or Likes Robin, I guess. Cody, maybe the jury's out. I don't know. So that's why they continue to have a relationship with them. Is it okay for someone to treat your siblings like shit and look past it since your siblings treated you like shit? Is that the rationale? I guess that's something to bond over. (laughs) A common enemy? Yeah, common enemy. Everybody needs one. Well, that's all we got. It was also like blurry. Wasn't the footage blurry? It was a blur. That's for sure. It, this is, I'm worried. Well, I'm not really that worried, but Cody and Robin, you should be worried because if this is the type of content you have to bring to the table, it's not going to cut it. I think your days are numbered for before you get uh, slowly eliminated from this show. Not with the trips that Christine and Janelle have planned. Speaking of, I guess it's not really a trip. Like, it's a trip for Christine because she's back in Flagstaff. It's a trip down memory lane, too, because we're going to Josephine's Modern American Bistro. Bistro. Well. Bistro? Yeah, put a spin on it. All right. Well, yes, we've seen this restaurant before. 
We said it's from season 14. It is the conversation where the wives talk about how shitty it is to be living so far from one another now that they moved to Flagstaff. And no one wants to help Mary assemble any of her furniture or move anything into her house. So she's sleeping on the floor. She's sleeping on a mattress on the floor because nobody wants to come near her bed. Nobody wants to help her assemble a bed. (laughs) Man, the good old days when Mary was the only one who was getting the shit end to the stick, huh? I think Christine was getting a pretty shitty deal too. And Janelle, but they didn't fully realize it yet at that point. Well, the only one who would express it was Mary. That's 100% true, yeah. This restaurant, by the way, has a beautiful outdoor patio that we have not ever seen. Nope, because we're always crammed. It's time for my sister wife's attic. (laughs) And it's just a little lunch that turns into a late night dinner, too, apparently, because it gets pitch black outside. It's also apparently hot up there because they're in the attic. The and window. Heat rises. Wide open. Yeah, this is this is miserable. Why did they not go to Salsa Brava? It's only 15 minutes down the road. You think it's they would. Less than 10. Less than 10. You think that they would have pulled. I don't know. They might have just. It might be doing a number on their system at this point. Uh, Christine's friends looked like they might say they don't like spicy food. Spicy mayo folks in the crowd today. Yeah, these are Christine's girlfriends from Flagstaff here, which is great because Janelle needs some friends in Flagstaff too. Did we mention that today is Cody and Christine's wedding anniversary? Well, it would have been... Cody and Christine's anniversary. So this is definitely shot out of order because their anniversary was in March. End of March. Yeah, we showed Janelle's birthday and now we're going back in time. So this is a little bit of a shuffle. They just kind of worked this in. Which like, honestly, okay. Whatever. I mean, we could have thrown this in on one of the other episodes, maybe, but not really. Well, like the birthday trip was not that interesting in the very end, so... Since we didn't actually get any footage of it. Are these really Christine's friends? Because they're acting like they know nothing about her life situation or her history with her marriage. Yeah, friend is a very loose term used on this show. Because, yeah, they seem to be learning everything about each other. So this was almost 30 years, right? Wasn't it like 27? It would have been like 27, 28, something like that. Yeah, it's getting up there. But we have a wide range of marital statuses from the group. We have some people who are still married to their high school sweethearts and other people who are married for 30 years and recently divorced as well. So it's helpful to Christine to have this sort of support group that has been from central casting. And <laughs> What a diverse group of people that they managed to wrangle together here. Based on their marital status alone. But then why is Cody calling her? <laughs> she looks horrified when she realizes who it is luckily the fu button exists so she hits that and he's pretty used to that happening when he calls family members so it should not have been a shock his one-way phone i have to say though gwen has been talking on her patreon about how christine was messy during the divorce that we all have not been seeing what was really going on that she has had a lot to say, and that she has been a lot worse than what we saw on camera. If that was true, I I wanted her to be messy 
and put the phone on speakerphone and let us hear what Cody was calling for. Oh, you know that he was calling for his 50-50 share custody of Truly because he was heard, he? he heard that Christine was in town. So he was trying to get in on that custody time with Truly. Except he never has ever called her for that ever before. Was he just calling because he wanted to take Truly away on a day where he thought Christine would already potentially not be having a great day? No, here's what it is. He knew that the cameras were there, and so he wanted to call her while she was on camera so that he would get points for it. Ah, uh, okay. It has to count. So that someone would see. There's an effort. He does call yeah. to see Truly. It's proof. He calls the family members. It was just a reminder that went off in his phone once a year, call Christine today. And he was like, fuck, what, am, what do I have to call what her for? What did I have to call? What was I supposed to call her for? <laughs> but last year, he did call her. Remember, it was her anniversary. She was like, I don't even want to be married to this man anymore. I actually was hoping to not be with him anymore at this point in time. And he was like, well, how do you want to celebrate? You want to post a picture together? <laughs> Not really. No. No. No, not today. But boy, I guess divorce can really change you because Christine used to be an advocate for polygamy. Used to be the best thing in the world. You got to try this. You got to do it. Everybody should give it a shot. Now that Christine is leaving a marriage, it's hard to leave a marriage, but man, does it feel good on the other side. So much so that she's become a real advocate for divorce. Highly recommending it to anybody and everybody. If you're even kind of thinking about it, just go for it. Just do it. You should definitely do it. And it might be worth mentioning that Christine is not a mental health professional or a life coach of any means, but I mean, go for it if you're thinking about it. she didn't actually have a real divorce. Not that I'm trying to take that away from her, but she didn't have to go through the messy process of getting legally divorced from someone and the fighting that occurs about stupid things that you never cared about before, and suddenly you two want to murder each other. Just ask Mary. <laughs> she did the legal divorce. She gets it. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden you really care about a pair of candlesticks that you never looked at. Do people have candlesticks anymore? I don't know. I don't have any at all. All those episodes of People Magazine <laughs> that you've been collecting for years. Episodes and issues. <laughs> One of her friends... Christy. Now, this one is like the Mary Cosby of the episode. Where- Maybe don't say this one, though. I don't know. <laughs> that, that made me uncomfortable. Well, there were various friends who I don't even think we got their names. Christy was the only one who was asking questions. That was across the table from Christine? Yeah, with and the next glasses. To Janelle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's here to start some shit, to ask questions, to keep the conversation going, because Everyone else, it's like drawing blood from a stone. So how does Janelle feel hearing Christine say all these things about Cody, talking about their marriage? You know, because she's still married to Cody. And Janelle's like, no, yeah, I know he's a crap husband. (laughs) I know from experience. (laughs) But she can't say that, right? She just met these people. She doesn't know these people. These aren't her friends. These are barely Christine's friends. So she plays it off. She plays it cool. Oh, what? Me and Christine? Yeah, we're great. We're good. And it's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. You, no and, you and your husband. You and Cody. Oh. Oh. Him. Yeah, we're kind of, eh, you know. It's, eh. Uh, we got some midlife stuff. You know what I'm saying? 
you know, midlife when you want to get divorced. It's it's pretty much is that it's that point in life. She didn't say the crisis part. You need to say the crisis. It, it's just crisis. It's not even <laughs> midlife anymore. It's just crisis. This is also the end of March. So she was definitely still on the fence about her relationship with him at this point. They have a gift for Christine for her ex anniversary. And so she opens it up and it is a mug that says smash the patriarchy. They could give this to Robin and they can re-gift it in the Christmas gift exchange. Underneath it, they could just put button. So it says smash the patriarchy button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because can you smash the patriarchy if it was never really there? Well, he was never a patriarch. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, if, if you didn't have a patriarch, can you <laughs> smash the patriarchy? Does it exist? Schrodinger's patriarchy? Christy wants to know more. You know, what about the the other the other women, the other the other wives, your sister wives? What are their names? No, you don't understand. We're the other wives. It's Christine and Janelle are the other wives. The only ones that Cody likes is Robin, and he tolerates Mary. Why is she pretending that she doesn't know them? Who are these people? Who are you people? First of all, if you're friends, you don't know this. Second of all, you never watched this show. A quick Google You live search. in Flagstaff. You never heard of it. Come on, listen to the podcast. You didn't know all their minutes. names. Even if I didn't know this woman and I had been hired to do a job where I was just coming here today to film an episode of a show, I would have researched everything there is to know about everyone in this family. Well, that's why we don't get invited to things like this. <laughs> this is where they have to let her know. Mary's not in the picture. What aren't you getting about this anymore? There used to be a rotation. Ever since they moved to Flagstaff, though, Cody resides at Robin's house. That's where he lives. Mary's married to Cody, but they don't have a marriage. You get it? <laughs> Does it making sense? <laughs> and Christy just has to smile and nod. Like, this is all very easily digestible information for her at this point. She's going to need a couple more drinks. Sun's going down. Okay, she had a number of drinks. First of all, the first one, that tall glass that was a pink drink, which I truly enjoyed the irony of, that it was an alcoholic pink drink, right? That was not some plexus up in that glass. And then later she had a Moscow Mule mug. She's getting a little loose-lipped, talking about all the different situations here. But what was the real tipping point? What made you say, I don't want to be married to this man anymore? You know, if I had to think about it, he hasn't been the greatest dad to my kids. <laughs> Understatement of the year. <laughs> also, Janelle starts to disassociate at the table <laughs> after Christine says that. I feel like she specifically picked that reason out for Janelle to hear because she had a plethora to choose from. But that was Janelle's last thing to point to, always. Always has been, and she thought it always would be, but she ran out of excuses. How much fun would it have been if she actually got into the details? Like, he wasn't a great dad to my kids. Like, the time that my daughter had to get life-changing surgery... That he had fought so hard to delay for years when she was in constant pain and torment. And he wanted us to delay it even further just because it was an inconvenient time for him to come and be there to support her during the surgery. Because he still wanted to 
go and support her for the surgery, but to his benefit, not to hers. Right. And then after when we got home and he could have been available to help after we were home and she still needed support after the surgery, he didn't show up then either. And then he also neglected my other child when she was sick to the point that she had kidney failure. And almost died in the hospital. One time, also, my other daughter got bucked off the back of a horse. Well, that wasn't really his fault, was it? (laughs) And he suggested that we see a chiropractor. So (laughs) that's just a couple of examples. But Cody gets to spin another tale based on how he's feeling today. He's going to pull something out of his ass here. You know what the problem was with our marriage, with me and Christine, was that Christine forced her way into our life, into the family, and demanded that they be married. She insisted Cody marry her. So this is the first time in history of polygamy where a woman has forced a man to marry her against his will. Well, and that's why he doesn't care that she's leaving. Then Why has he been struggling so much and complaining about how detrimental this has been for him? You cannot have it both ways. The idea that she forced him to marry her is just laughable when we know he was begging for someone else to come into the situation to mediate the problems between Janelle and Mary because he didn't want to be the one to have to do that anymore. He couldn't do it. Remember when she like changed the whole fabric of the family and they didn't have these problems anymore like they did when it was just Mary and Janelle and it was so amazing that she was able to do that? You won't hear that ever again. He just wants her to stop shit-talking him to his kids. That's what this is all about. She's out here on a smear campaign against Cody and Robin. And she's got all the kids piling up on her side because of the false things that she's been saying about him. And that's when Christine magically thinks of another reason why she had another tipping point in the relationship. It was the conversation when Cody told her that he wasn't attracted to her and she kicked him out of her bed and then out of her house. Yeah, it was a pretty bad time too, but also a good time. Oh, but it felt good. It's a day that she celebrated. Why doesn't Christine get to be angry? Because she's a woman. Oh, oh, right. And I guess she's supposed to just keep sweet like she did for years. And She's supposed to have lady feelings. Suppressed. Anger's not a lady feeling. Right. That's only a man, yeah, a manly that's, feeling. that's man stuff. Because Cody gets to be angry all the time. But Christine, who's suppressed sharing any type of feeling or truth about what's actually been going on in her marriage for decades, gets divorced has some feeling of freedom for the first time, and she's not allowed to deconstruct that at all. Nope, she's got to keep that to herself. But this is the point where Christine actually wishes that the conversation would have been a little bit more forward and direct from Cody at the time when he came to the realization that Robin is his soulmate and maybe just have a sit down with the other wives and say, look, I found the love of my life. What does that mean for the rest of you? What are we going to do about you? Because that would have been easier to understand, to address something head on like that. She says that now with some separation. I don't think that would have gone over very well. No, I don't think being eight months pregnant and hearing your husband say, hey, hon, so I met my soulmate 
And I know we have all these kids together and you have another one that's like about to be born any minute now, but think we can figure out some kind of solution to the fact that you're like kind of my family, but I don't want you to really be my family anymore. I want Robin and her kids to be my family. I know we talk a big polygamy game, but I'm not looking to do that anymore. I could see in hindsight also, it's like, man, all of these years that you spent miserable because this person just wouldn't admit where their feelings really were. I think that's probably the regret that's rooted in this. But also, I don't think that Cody even knows now that Robin is his soulmate that he only wants to be with as a monogamous man because he still perpetuates polygamy. I don't know that they are soulmates. That too. If you even believe in the idea of soulmates. But is it just that they have things about their personality that they're able to feed off of on one another? And it's been a very convenient arrangement for the two of them. They enable each other and they are very enmeshed, which enmeshment is a strong type of bond. Is it healthy? But it's not good. Well, the happy part of the story is still that Christine and Janelle, they're always going to be sister wives. They're always going to get along. That's reassuring to us, the viewing audience. (laughs) They're really rallying for their spinoff together. We needed to hear it. They did this show originally to show people that polygamy wasn't all about control and suppression and all the things that people had heard it was. To which now it's... Doesn't really help when Cody is out here demanding people adapt to the patriarchy. Obey or die. (laughs) We had an awesome family, according to Christine. And through the years now, we're showing a broken family, but that's real. And can I say that is the thing that had people fascinated for so long about this show was everyone felt like there was something that wasn't authentic about what they were showing us and that that wasn't truly what was going on. And everyone was pretending to be happy and acting like the things, the little indicators that we saw weren't indicative of bigger issues. And again, I don't know if all of them fully understood those little things were tied to deeper things for themselves too. I don't think anybody has the emotional intelligence during the series, especially for the adults involved in this, they were not prepared for what they had to go through in the filming process as part of this series. And then they cheers to new beginnings. And maybe a spinoff. Maybe. I don't know. We're not rolling it out. Next episode, Christine is excited to celebrate her first Easter since divorcing Cody. Easter? We're going back again. Can we have Easter in July this year, please? (laughs) Janelle says her life is also better without Cody, but reveals she would consider polygamy again. Pretty sure she already revealed that. After learning Rora is interested in a boy, Mary reflects on marrying so young. Oh, God. So it's going to be Mary's regrets. And well, you think, Janelle, this probably was when she revealed that she would be open to polygamy again, but we've already seen footage from May where she was talking about it casually. So this was when they first introduced it in filming, maybe. Did they have a whole boring season 
that was in between here where they weren't going to get to stuff. They were just going to drag this stuff out. I don't know. Why is this shuffling around again? There were a couple of episodes that dragged a little bit. This one was good. Yes. The next one, I don't have a good feeling about it. Are we coming up to Truly's birthday then? Oh, we saw it in the mid-season trailer. So I guess we'll get that in the next episode or two because her birthday's in April. Oh, man. Yeah. Now we that got we're, Easter. We're we are shuffling. stuck in April 2022 oh, indefinitely no. for a couple of episodes but now. we already had Janelle's birthday. That was May. We were already passed We it. skipped Christine's birthday. Come on, you guys. We were doing so good. Also, no one cares about Rora being interested in a boy when she's like, what, 21 years old? How old is she at this point? She's not allowed out of the house to date anyway. Thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the best way to do that is by subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Be sure to chat with us about the episode on our Discord channel by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash surviving pod. Stay tuned. Share with friends. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.